to episode 104 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, number 104, Just Good News Journal Entry 2, as we talk to Melissa Stocker and her mother, Susan Jordan, about an incredible adventure and a miracle that could have only been performed by God. And it's uh, quite a story, and you won't want to miss that. Before we get into today's interview with Melissa and her mother, Susan, let me remind you where you can always find our podcast. You can find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed. You can find us on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram at BBoomerUnleashed, and you can find our link on Twitter at BBoomerUnleash1. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at BBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's BBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com with your comments, your criticisms, and suggestions for future episodes. And as I always say, if you'd like to be a guest on the BBoomerUnleashed podcast, We hope that uh, you'll drop us an email, tell us what you want to talk about, uh, and uh, we'll be happy to get you on our show. Remember that uh, in 2021, in 2021, we're dedicating 52 episodes to just good news. So if you have one of those good news stories that you would like to share or know someone that has a story that they should be sharing with everyone, please drop us a line and let us know. Well, as I said, we're with Melissa Stocker and Susan Jordan today, and uh, Melissa is a young lady. Uh, I go to church with Melissa, known Melissa and her family for years, and they have an incredible story to tell. So without further ado, let's go to that recorded interview with Melissa and Susan now. Well, we have a couple of special guests with us today on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast. We have the Jordan sisters. We have... uh, Susan Jordan and her daughter, Melissa Stalker, and uh, we're happy to have them today. Last week, we interviewed uh, Josh Bloss, and uh, he um, had um, a story to tell uh, of uh, snatching victory out of the jaws of defeat, and we were glad to speak with him and and uh, what uh, has happened in his life since... Uh, he was in the grips of despair, so to speak. Well, this year or this week, we have another story, and it's not a story. It's a historical account of a young lady by the name of Melissa, and uh, she had uh, multiple strokes uh, as a young lady and uh, was given up basically to die, and uh, her mom's with us, too, to tell us about that experience in the hospital, but we're going to talk to uh, Melissa and Susan both, and so welcome to the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, ladies. Thanks for uh, coming on today. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you. Okay, and it's the it is the Jordan sisters, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I call them. But mom uh, and daughter. Yeah, mom and daughter. Yeah. yeah. Susan's the mommy, and Melissa's the daughter. We're sisters <laughs> in Christ. So. Sisters in Christ. You can't beat that. That's for sure. Well, Melissa, uh, let's learn a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about uh, Melissa uh, growing up. Tell us about yourself, Melissa. Well, we won't go that far back. We'll just go (laughs) back to beauty school is when um, my life really started to change. I decided to pursue my, 
you know, my lifelong career was to be doing hair and hair and makeup and stuff. And, um, I, my husband and I had been married for six years, seven years at that time. And, um, it's just funny because we hadn't been going to church like we should. And, um, Satan kind of got his foot in the door in our marriage and the, the beauty school instructor came into my class and it's funny, I'll never forget it. She said 90% of marriages don't make it through beauty school. And she's like, so you, if you are married in this class, you better go home and, you know, tell your husbands, tell your wives you love them and then make sure they know to hold on to each other through this. Cause she's like, I've seen it destroy plenty of marriages. And I was like, that's not going to be me. We're good. You know, we're going on 10 years. And before I knew it, a couple years down the road, um, I was I made some really terrible decisions and was lying to my husband a lot about where I was and what I was doing and telling him I was at work and I wasn't. Um, so anyways, I got into a really bad relationship with this guy. We don't even have to go there. Um, I spent three years with him, and he it really it took me away from my family and my family has always been such a huge deal to me. And we've always been super close. And I mean, I, I barely spoke to him for the three years I was with him. So I also was, you know, very far away from God as well as my family and my daughter, I didn't have her hardly any time. And it's just crazy to me to see that today, the decisions I made, you know, it's, it's really shameful. So I guess God decided to intervene because when I was with him, I would pray at night and I would cry like, God, I've got myself into this terrible situation and I'm not strong enough to get myself out of it. And I need your help. And it taught me to be more specific when you pray. I didn't mean to wake up in the hospital with tubes down my throat and on life support, but it did the job. I'm not with them anymore. And um, so now I am with my family and I'm with my daughter all the time, my family all the time, and I'm living my life for the Lord and back on track with that and um, back in my church family. And I just feel really thankful to be given a second chance to have um, another opportunity to do right. Wow. That's it. Wow. That's awesome. That's quite a story. (laughs) Um, Susan? Tell us about uh, tell us about your roller coaster of emotions during that hospitalization and or anything yeah. leading up. Tell, tell August, us about August that. First, yeah, August the first, uh, twenty seventeen, seven o'clock in the morning. We get a phone call that Melissa's in the hospital and it's serious and she can't wake up. And we're like, "What do you mean she can't wake up?" They said, "We just can't get her awake." So. I kind of kicked Dustin because he was sitting in a chair. So all I could do with the reaching was my foot. And I kicked him. I said, get up. We got to go. We got to go to the hospital. Went down to St. Mary's and they're in the ER and they're telling me that she's having seizures. And they didn't know what's causing the seizures, but they're just trying to get that under control. And then another hour or so passes and they find out that she's had a ruptured brain aneurysm. Wow. And the first thing that hit me was my mother had a ruptured brain aneurysm when I was 15 years old, and she died. And my mother was only 42. At the time, Melissa was 33 when this happened. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me, a brain aneurysm. And they said that uh, it was a lot of, it was a big vessel. It was on the left side of her brain. 
the blood was covering her head and that it was going to be a fight and that she was going to, you know, be in ICU. So that started that. That started, like you said, the roller coaster. We went from um, normally when you and when a person has a ruptured brain aneurysm like that and blood's on the brain, your body absorbs it 24 to 48 hours. Well, hers didn't get absorbed. Hers was all over her brain. And what kept happening is it kept causing these vasospasms in her brain to have strokes. So it was a daily battle to try to keep her from having these strokes in her brain. And they would take her into surgery and they'd go up through her growing and they would spray this stuff on one side of the brain to get to calm down and not have these spasms that was causing strokes and it would work but then by the time the right side would start it would start stroking so they'd go back up and do that side and then they'd go up the left side and do it and then it would start stroking she ended up having five major brain strokes she had two in the front one on each side and one in the back and then during one of the brain surgeries they would last about 25 minutes we noticed it was going like 45 minutes long. We're like, something's wrong, something's wrong. Of course, we had the prayer chain going 24-7 at Elmwood Baptist Church, and um, I just knew something wasn't right. And we saw nurses running in her room, other doctors running in her room, and they were saying different codes. We didn't know what was happening. It turned out that during one of the the things they were putting on her brain to calm, to get it to keep up, to stop having the strokes. She ended up having two pulmonary embolisms in her lungs. And wow. she died on the table. And had she not been on the table when that happened already, she wouldn't have survived. But because she was already there and the doctors were all working on her, they were able to break up the clots. They brought her back out of that one put her back in her room in ICU and they said she's had some severe strokes and with the two pulmonary embolisms, the five brain strokes and then the blood not getting absorbed in the body that it was not looking good. They would come in her room each day during each shift change. They would do like a check where they would go and take the back of scissors and they would start at her toes and they would scratch her toes to see if she would jerk her feet up at like a jerk reaction and she wouldn't move. And then they would take the back of the scissors and they would push down on her fingernails right at the cuticles really hard. She had bruises. It would just break my heart. But they were doing to see her reaction to see if she could feel. Because she was on life support. There was She was in a coma and the breathing machine and everything was working for her. And when they would push down on her cuticles real hard, they said that you and I would jerk, like if your hand got burnt in a fire, you'd jerk your hand back. Well, she would take her fist and curl it up in a ball, and the fist would go up under her chin, and she'd draw her hands up under her chin. And they said that's called posturing. And they said posturing shows significant brain damage. Hmm. And they said that uh, she's probably severely brain damaged and um they just said you know every day we just got to keep praying uh there's no signs of any type of um brain activity at that time um we were given little hope 
uh, our nurse told us to ask the doctor, you know, what we could really handle. Did we want to know the truth? And I'll never forget me and Dustin asking two out of the three neuro doctors, how's she doing? To tell us the truth, we could handle it. And they looked at us and they said, your daughter's never going to wake up. They said, if she does wake up, she's only going to be drool. She's only going to be slobber. They said, she's just had too many things going on in her brain. And I remember Dustin just hit the ground on his knees. And he said, Jesus, all you have to do is whisper my baby's name and she can be healed. And we prayed and we prayed and we asked. We had her on the prayer line and prayer chain and we had so many tremendous people from Elmwood showing so much love and support. And this went on, I don't know, for a long, long time. And it got, they said, don't, you know, pray that she doesn't get pneumonia. Well, she got pneumonia. And then they say, pray that she doesn't get fevers. She got the high fevers and they packed her in ice. She even got this thing called foot drop where your feet just lose control. Um, she um, had no movement. Every time they'd come in, day and night, there would be no activities whatsoever. And I'm telling you, you think you know the Lord, you think you walk, you think you pray, but you don't know the levels until you really have to say, God, you know, I get it. She's yours. She was a gift to us for 33 years. We're very blessed to have had her. I would love for Haley to have her longer. I lost my mother at 15. Haley was 13 at the time. And I said, you know, it would be wonderful if we could have her longer, but we understand she's yours first and she's just a gift. And the doctors were saying, we've got to make a decision to unplug her and to decide about her organs. And I was like, God, I can't make that decision. If you're going to take her, you take her. Just please don't let it be us. And then we had to bring Haley in. They said it was getting bad and that it was probably time to say goodbye. And I didn't get to see my mother when she died. And I didn't know if Haley should see her mother. So I had to go to school and bring Haley into the hospital. And I said, Haley, your mom's really bad. And it doesn't look like she's going to make it. And it's your decision. Do you want to see her? Do you want to say goodbye to her? And she said, yes, I want to see her. So she climbed up on top of her and she grabbed her by the neck. And she just said, Mama, Mama, please wake up. Mama, please wake up. I need you. That was probably the hardest, the hardest out of all of it was to watch that little girl wanting her mama so bad. And, you know, she left crying. We're all crying. We're just all praying, just asking God for a miracle and they're telling us there's just no activity and no signs and little by little it it went into 28 days of this of her just laying there and watching those machines deep and one bad news would get a good news would get you know bad news we'd get good news and we'd get bad news and then 28 days later you know Dustin and I are praying and People are coming in, people are praying, people are holding hands, people are lifting her up. And we knew it was getting bad. They had moved us into a private 
reception room. We thought they were trying to be nice to us. We found out later that room they put us in for the family was normally the room they know when someone's not going to make it. Mm. And, you know, I'm glad I didn't know that at the time. But um, I'll never forget those little things like that. But something happened. Um, Melissa started having a little bit of movement in the left side. Not so much on the right side, but a little bit of movement. And the breathing machine wasn't having to do as much breathing. She started breathing a little bit on her own. And like I said, 28 days later, looked over there and her eyes were open. And I noticed that Dustin would walk across the room. And I said, Dustin, look, her eyes are open. And I said, she's following you across the room. You could just see her eyes everywhere he went. Her eyes was just a following. And I tell you, Jerry, the happiest day was I got in my car. I drove to Barbersville Middle School. I went in those doors, and all the secretaries were looking at me like, did she pass? And I said, no, I need Haley. And they called Haley to the office, and Haley's scared to death looking at me. And I said, baby, I said, mommy's awake. <laughs> mommy's awake. <laughs> And uh, so we went running there to her, and we didn't know what kind of activity her brain. We didn't know what she'd know. We didn't know if she didn't know how to speak or know how to do anything. We were just glad she was awake. And uh, Haley came there, and it, I have a video where Melissa's reaching her hand around trying to hug Haley, but her hand won't really move at that point. And you could tell she was there. Melissa knew what was going on. And praise God, he brought our baby back from that point on. She developed more and more and more she could do or talk or swallow. And as y'all all know now, she's a walking miracle. Amen. You know, Susan and Melissa owe me of little faith. And the times that I was there to, to see Melissa and to see her laying there um, in that bed and looking into her eyes and uh, or, uh, I mean looking at her face and there was nothing there and yeah. and I just I just think oh dear God uh, you know help this young lady uh, if you're going to heal her heal her if she's going to pass help her to pass right uh, it was just a difficult time but I, I thought wow there's I mean she's she's a goner and, uh, you know, but God had different plans. God had different plans. And uh, she woke up and uh, uh, it's been a, uh, it's not been an easy recovery, has it, Melissa? No, but no, but it's still good, though. The good outweighs the bad. <laughs> now, Melissa, as she said, was a beautician and she was right-handed and she still has a problem with the right hand, but... She's learned to do something left-handed. Uh, Melissa's uh, quite a budding artist, and she's uh, she learned to paint with her left hand. Tell us about that, Melissa. Um, I enjoy it, and it's yeah. Yeah, I've never really thought I would be doing this, but I mean, I can't get enough of it, and I don't just do it on Mondays at the class. Like I have a little art studio in my bedroom, and I just freehand stuff all the time now. I'm spending way too much money at AC Moore or at Hobby Lobby now. 
Well, what's so funny, Jerry, is like you said, she, when she had the aneurysm, she was a beautician, you know, and everything. And, and even now, she can pick up a knife. She can't make that knife cut. Or she can, you know, she can dip it in the mayonnaise. She can't make it spread on that right side. But, if, I mean, to see her, you know there's nothing wrong. She's so blessed to have five brain strokes, two pulmonary embolism, a ruptured brain aneurysm. She had a blood clot in her leg. She's got a filter in her stomach. And I tell you, all through this, we learned so many different levels of God was watching over her. I have to tell you this one. This is one of my favorites is she kicked. When she did wake up, she never stopped kicking, kicking, kicking. Her little legs would kick, would come down, would hit the bars. She had bruises. I would tie pillows underneath her legs. I'd ask them, could they strap her down because she's just beating her legs up. And I fussed and I cried and I said, she's not getting any rest. Her legs never stop. And when we got to the rehab, I don't know, like three months later, we get to the rehab. And they go to get her up for the very first time to walk. They said, she's been walking, hasn't she? And I said, no, this is the first time she's walked. And they said, there's no way her legs are too strong. And it hit me that God was like, I know what I'm doing. I got her legs moving and kicking the whole time she's been in bed. I've been keeping them active and keeping those muscles going. And here I was complaining and fussing, and God knew all along what he's doing. I'll tell you, it was just a beautiful thing to see God's hands in so many levels during this hospital stay. We were uh, we were all astounded and grateful, and uh, lots of prayers, of course, went up for Melissa. But God's in control of these things. We don't understand it uh, always, but uh, he's certainly in control. How many days total was she in the hospital? Uh, three months. Three months. Wow. Three months at least St. Mary's. And then we went to Lexington to rehab center. And, um, you know, she learned to do it all over and didn't. And, and past that, she's driving. She does everything. She, you know, stays here by herself. She can, like you said, how in the world can you not pick up scissors and cut? But she can pick up that paintbrush and paint some of the most prettiest paintings I've ever seen and never painted before, never picked up a brush, and now she's doing it left-handed, and she has that vision where she has that um, the yeah, the peripheral vision is gone, but yet she can paint so beautiful. Mm. It's, it's just remarkable. It's amazing. But, um, we know the doctor said that aneurysm had been there for many years. It had been growing. It had been growing on the left side of her brain and pushing where your personality is. They said, had your daughter changed any? Had she done, been doing things that are different? I said, she's cha she had changed completely. Like you said, like she said, she'd gotten away from God and all. And we know now that part of it was the aneurysm wasn't allowing her to think a lot of it and of course we've all been checked since then because of the aneurysms were all okay but to live through a ruptured brain aneurysm is just a miracle in itself plus the five brain strokes and uh, it's just it's been the wildest three years 
of my life I don't ever want to go through. And you know, you know, we we stand amazed when we see miracles uh, like this. But um, God's in the miracle business, and uh, you know, He uh, has raised the dead. He's caused the blind to see. He's uh, caused the lame to walk again. And uh, you know, in the whole scope of things, uh, to God, Melissa was just kind of small potatoes, you know. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he is in control, and a lot of people forget that. A lot of people forget that that he's in control and and uh, can take care of things. And you know, a lot of times we question God. You know, I've I've fussed with God God a number of times. I had friends who were killed by drunk drivers, and I kind of fussed with God over that a bit. But he's in control. He sees the big picture. You know, and and we're not uh, we're not to doubt that. Well, Melissa, what do you what do you see in the future for uh, Melissa? Um, more painting. Good. And just um, just to raise Haley and be a good influence on her, and not not make the kind of decisions I had made in the past. That's for sure. <laughs> well, You're clear that stay in God's will this time. Well, one day at a time. That's all any of us can take it. I know when my heart blew up back May 3rd and uh, had surgery on May the 5th, and when I woke up in the recovery room and decided that wasn't heaven, that evidently I'd survived the surgery, I decided to just take each extra day that God gives me and try to use it for something good. And, you know, a lot of people uh, out there listening to this today, they're in perfectly good health, and they think, well, you know, yada, blada. But none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. You know, we we have to live in the moment of of today knowing that uh, there's no tomorrow. As a matter of fact, Jesus was pretty clear about that, you know, and, and that today's the day of salvation, yeah. you know, and why is that? Because we're not, uh, we're not promised tomorrow. Do you ever foresee yourself cutting hair left-handed? Um, I mean, I do cut my own hair and Haley's hair and my mom's, but, um, I, there's more to, yeah, I don't. I don't see it anytime soon. <laughs> At least not making money off of it again. Well, if you like to practice, you know, you couldn't mess me up too bad because I, <laughs> I don't have much hair. But as, as much as I miss doing hair, um, it's not a. It's hard to be close to God and do hair at the same time. You know, I really thought like um, every client I had, I would tell them about God. And, it, you know, for the first few months, maybe. But after that, you just get into the system and the world sets in. And, you know, so I, I really do believe that God didn't want me in here to begin with at all. Yeah. If you had to give some advice to a young person um, or a old person for that matter that's struggling with doubts and fears and and um, uh, thoughts uh, what what kind of advice would you give them Melissa um, just hold close to God man because he even though you can't see what's going on right now he knows and the closer you are to him the the more secure you are knowing that everything's going to turn out okay in the end right and Susan how about uh, advice to parents who are going through similar things right now. They might have a child who is in the hospital in a coma, or they might have a loved one who is um, on a ventilator with COVID, or they might have someone uh, dying of cancer or something. What 
what what what advice would you give to someone in in that position? I, I'm telling you, is that realize things for me change. You know, when you stand up in church and you say, "I surrender all," or trust and obey, there's no other way. You can say those things, but when you really gotta trust God, and I had to say, God, okay. If you're going to take her, it's for my betterment. If you're going to leave her, it's it's good. But, you know, you got to praise in, in the bad as much as in the good. Right. And so even if she wasn't going to wake up, had she not been restored, I was, I was willing. I finally got to the place where I said, okay, I get it. She was just on loan. She's yours first. And thank you, you know, for letting me have that experience. But if you're going to take my daughter, then I've got to trust that you're taking her for, for the, the right reasons. I mean, he's God. You've got to really trust and obey and surrender all. Amen. And that means surrendering it all. Even if, if, if I'd had to stand over a grave and understand that this world's just temporal. It's nothing. And give it to God no matter what. No matter if that person's laying there with their last breath trust that God's going to take care of it, good or bad. He's still going to take care of it. Well, for the she's, in, she's his child. Amen. She was, and, just a, she was just a gift. And for the child of God, we're told that we're not our own. We're bought with a price. Right. And because we're bought with that price, we're supposed to glorify Jesus with our whole life. So, wow. Well, ladies, I tell you, it's been wonderful talking with you today. Uh, if you ever got something you'd like to talk about here on the Bee Boomer podcast, just let me know and we'll we'll bring you on anytime. You can, you can see some of Melissa's paintings on her uh, Facebook page, Melissa Stalker. She's got a lot of her paintings. They're beautiful. Go on, uh, yeah, sure. Folks, go on uh, Facebook, at Melissa Stalker, and uh, look at uh, some of that artwork that she has uh, that she has done. She really does a good job and and uh, we appreciate uh, appreciate what God is doing and what He's going to do uh, through the through the life of Melissa. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being with us today. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, Jerry. Thank you for having us on. Sure. Well, what could you possibly add to a story like that? Wow, tremendous testimony from Melissa Stocker and her mother Susan Jordan. I really appreciate them coming on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast to share that bit of good news. If you'd like to come on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast and share your good news story or know someone who should share theirs, please contact us at beeboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Well, next week we'll have another episode, good Lord willing, of Bee Boomer Unleashed, and we'll talk about more good news. Uh, That's two episodes now that we dedicated to good news, and we've got 50 more this year as we continue on this quest for good news in 2021. Well, it's been great to be with you today. Thank you for joining us on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast. Wouldn't be much fun if you weren't here with us. Well, I certainly hope you'll join us again next week. But until then, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Goodbye.